Hi everybody, it's Steve Weir, Grace Point's Pastor of Arts and Communication, and I'm here to say welcome, or welcome back, to the Grace Point Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check out our website for all the latest information about everything going on here at Grace Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Labor Day. I hope that many of you are getting a chance to relax a little extra, maybe tomorrow, having having the day off. It's a good opportunity when we hit Labor Day to, to just kind of step back and ask the question, how is your work going? Kind of a good evaluation question. It's, a, it's an important question because, I mean, many of us spend the majority of our waking hours at work. I mean, we might spend more time at home, but a lot of that is sleep time. So, I mean, our work takes up a huge amount of our energy, our time, our, our focus. So it's, it's good to kind of evaluate how is that going for you? For some of you, I mean, let's just be honest, some of you hate your work. I mean, let's just be honest. Some of you hate your work because of the people that you work with, maybe the people that you work for, Maybe the tasks that you have to do, maybe you just consider it very menial and purposeless, and so you just, you just kind of hate, hate that. And you can relate to jokes like the, the one that says, what do you call someone who loves Mondays? The answer, retired. All right, some, some of you fit into that, that, that category. So some people hate their work. Other people are at the other extreme and love their work. Like, love it so much that it's kind of like taking over your life. Like, you're, you're, you come home, but you're still working when you come home. It's always on your mind. It's always kind of, you know, formulating there. And so some of you just love it and give yourself to it maybe a little too, too much. And so both of those extremes are unhealthy, so if you're at either one of those extremes, then I got something for you. God's got something for you this morning. If you're on the hate end of the scale, then God's got a different perspective on your work than maybe you have adopted to, to this point. And if so, then I, I hope that by the end of today, by the end of this not so long message. I hope that by the end you will walk out of here saying, okay, on Tuesday when I go back to work, I can go back with a, a fresh perspective on, on all of this. If you're at the extreme where you love your work so much that it's kind of taking over your life, then I hope that you'll walk away with a perspective to say, you know what, I wanna keep enjoying my life, I, I'm enjoying my work, but I don't want it to take over. So, both of those changes, both of those new perspectives are rooted in God's view of your work. We're gonna look at that this morning and I hope that wherever you fall on the continuum, whatever your work situation is, that you can kind of return to, to work with a fresh perspective on Tuesday. If you would take a Bible and turn with me to Colossians chapter three, that's where we're gonna start uh, this morning, we've been in First Samuel for the last several months. We're taking a break from that for this month and doing a, a new series called Love in Action. And let me tell you what's behind this series. It, it's, it's, the foundation is our mission statement as a church. 
And so I know many of you are new to Grace Point, and we like to come back to this every now and then, make sure that people are up to speed with what our mission, our purpose is as a church. So I would call on somebody to, to say it, but hopefully, hopefully, let me, let me just start it for you and see if maybe some of you can, can call it to mind. Our, our mission is to help more people, what? Become fully committed followers. Okay, it's all over the place. All right, we can just read it up here. To, to help, some of you are doing really well with that. To help more people become fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. This, this is really the great commission. It's making disciples followers of Jesus. And we have a strategy to achieve that, and that is to help people grow in four different actions in, in their life. And they are to worship, connect, serve, and share. To worship God and God alone, to connect with God and with one another, to serve God and one another and our community around us, and then to share, to share our faith with others. So we're gonna spend this month looking at worship, connect, serve, and share. And normally we look at them in that order, if you've been around here for a while. This month we're gonna look at them in the inverted order for a number of reasons. We're gonna start today with share. And you may be wondering, okay, we started talking about work, now we're talking about share, what, how do those go together, sharing our faith? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're gonna talk about this morning, but before we do that, let's just pray. Father, um, the, the people who are gathered in, in this room do not need to hear from me this morning, they need to hear from you. Every person's coming in with uh, some kind of situation in their work, some of them are working at home, some of them are retired, um, some of them are looking for work. Uh, and so, Lord, wherever they fall on that continuum, they, they may not even be thinking about work because there's something else on their mind and heart that's so huge this morning that it overshadows that. Lord, I know you're able to speak to their heart as well. So open our ears, Lord, to hear from you. And, and Lord, speak to us, free us, convict us, comfort us. Exactly, you know what each person in this room needs, and we trust you to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're gonna cover a lot of ground about work, so, so buckle in this morning. I'm gonna give you the main point that I hope you walk out of here with, and then my outline, so that you can kind of have some handles to, to hold on to as we go. The main point here this morning is to bring your faith with you to work. So in contrast to sometimes people leave their faith maybe at church or at home and you go into your workplace and you say, man, there's, there's nothing um, godly about this place, nothing godly about my work. Like there's, there's nothing like, you know, like sure, you know, preacher man, you can talk about, you know, faith in your work because that's what it's all about. But some of us go into spaces where it's like, yeah, there's, Nobody's ever shown you the connection between what you do for a living and your faith. That's what I hope that you'll walk out of here this morning. Um, breaking down a false dichotomy that we sometimes have in our minds between the, the sacred and the secular. We think we, we come to church so we can learn about God, so we can grow in our faith, but then we go to work and that's all just secular, it's all disconnected, but God says it really is connected. So let me show you three ways today that you can bring your faith with you to work. And I'll, I'll just give them to you ahead of time and then we'll unpack them. So the first one is to serve the real boss. The second is to make the boss look good. 
And then thirdly is to make disciples while you work. Okay, so we'll unpack these. First is to serve the real boss. This is Colossians 3, and we're gonna start in verse 22. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Let me just pause there before we read on and just clarify the context that we're reading. So this was written by Paul to this church in Colossae in the first century. In the first century, we didn't have like large corporations where people went to work. We, we didn't have factories. We had typically a household where someone who needed to be employed would be employed and, and work in that household to serve a family. And so that's the context. He's, Paul is talking to different people in a household context. He talks to husbands, he talks to wives, he talks to children and to parents and now to these bond servants and their masters. It, it's comparable for, for any of us today who are working in a place where we, we gain our livelihood by working under the authority of somebody else, which is gonna be just about all of us because even if you happen to be like the CEO of your, your company, you're still working for the board or you're working for your customers. Uh, so there's always someone's authority that you are under. So that's the context that he's writing here. Verse 22, we'll start again with that in mind. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So apparently 2,000 years ago, there was this tendency for people to slack in their work. I mean, go figure. In, in verse 22, he says, you're, you're to obey not by way of eye service, as people pleasers. So eye service being, like you're just doing it when the boss is watching. I'm sure that that never happens today or to anybody in this room. Actually, I know it does because I was talking to somebody uh, last week who actually is somebody who's kind of at the top of the food chain in, in their company. And, and he said that whenever he walks through the office, he said everybody is like clicking you know, they're, they're clicking to change whatever it is on, on their screen. And he said, that's even like the executives. That's even like the people who are high up. So he's like, you know, I guess I need to walk around more. But it's like, that's, that's kind of the mentality is like, I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing when the boss is around. And Paul is saying, don't, that, that, people who follow Christ should have a different work ethic than that. We should work just as hard when the boss is not around as when, when he or she is around. We are called to a higher work ethic. Verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So see, this takes away our excuse to complain about the boss and how terrible they are. This takes away our excuse to be slack in our work. Well, if they're not gonna treat me well at work, then I'm, I'm not gonna give my best. Paul says, no, you, you've got, your real boss is Jesus. I mean, he ends this with, you are serving the Lord Christ. 
This is the only place that Paul uses that phrase, Lord Christ. It's like he's, he's saying, you are serving the real master who is Jesus. Your real master is Jesus. Serve the real boss. So this takes away our justification for bad attitudes, slacking, complaining. And so I just wanna encourage you, like throughout this message today, I wanna encourage you to consider starting your day differently than maybe you have been starting your day. If you're, if you're really struggling in your workplace, then you're, you're really gonna need this. So I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna build out a prayer that's based on each of the three points that we're talking about here this morning. And the first line of the prayer is, is this. Lord Jesus, I choose to serve you today as my boss. So if we change our perspective on who we're actually serving when we go to work, that, can be a, that should be a game changer for us as to how we do our work. So that's the first line of our prayer. That's the first idea of bringing our faith with us to work. Second idea, second way we can do that is to make the boss look good. So now that we know who our boss is, we wanna make the boss look good. And we'll just read here on the screen, I'm not gonna have you turn to these other passages just for sake of time this morning, but 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all, what? To the glory of God. So not to the glory of self. This is where we get messed up sometimes in our workplaces is because I'm working really for, for myself. I'm trying to promote my career, trying to build my reputation, trying to work my way up the ladder so that I get a raise and get more money. I'm working for self instead of trying to make God look good. He says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do. The context here in 1 Corinthians 10 is in, uh, that people are arguing over whether you can eat certain foods or or. What, what God approves of eating or drinking, what we're supposed to do and not do. And Paul says, before you argue over what you should do and not do, you should ask the question, who am I trying to please? Who am I trying to make look good? And he says, it doesn't matter what you do, eating, drinking, working, whatever you do. So say, say whatever with me. Whatever. Okay, so this is whatever. This is not like the teenage whatever, you know, like when, when your parents, you know, give a direction and it's like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want to do. This is not I do what I want to do. This is everything you do, whatever you do, do it all to make God look good. See, it, it's really tempting, especially for those who fall on the continuum of they really love, love, love their work. It's really tempting to fall into, like, I'm, I'm going to just do my work um, because I'm promoting me, but I'm, you also get to the point where it's almost like you're worshiping your, your work. Like, that can take such a predominant place in our life. That, that it takes the place that really belongs only to God. God was very clear, like, don't be worshiping yourself. Don't be worshiping, there's nothing else. Your work, yourself, no other person should be in that spot that is reserved for him alone. And so, you know, Chuck Swindoll has said, some, some people worship their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. And he says, we gotta get those things straight. We, God alone is worthy to be 
worshiped. It is God's will that we worship him at work, that we worship him through our work, and that our motivation is to make him look good. So the second line to our start the day prayer is help me make choices that make you look good. So we're starting with, Lord Jesus, I choose to serve you today as my boss. And then secondly, help me make choices that make you look good. These, just these two lines right here can, can give meaning to the menial in, in your work. If you just feel like there's no purpose at all in, in my work and my tasks themselves, then find purpose in the fact of who you're doing it for. There's a third way to bring our faith to work, and that is to make disciples while you work. Matthew 28, the the great commission from Jesus, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and I behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We've talked about this passage before, if, if you've been here. Those, those, that first, those first few words could be actually better translated, as you are going, make disciples. As you are going, wherever you find yourself, wherever you are going in, in your life, that's, this is where the share comes in, sharing our faith. Wherever you find yourself, be salt and light in the world. That's what Jesus called us to. He called us to be salt because we're in a world that's decaying. It's decaying because of sin. Despite what some people would would say, that the world isn't getting to be a better place and it's really decaying. And so Jesus has called his followers to be salt, to be like preservatives, to preserve what is good in the world, what is true, what is right in, in the world. And so we are to be salt. We're also to bring flavor to the world. I mean, we, we get to experience life like no one apart from Christ gets to experience it. And so we get to bring flavor to the world as salt does. So he says, be salt and be light. Bring light into dark places. Some of you work in very dark places. I've talked with some of you. I mean, some, some of the places like the... The, the kind of language you have to listen to, the kind of stories that people tell, the, the, kind, the way that you get, get treated, some of that is very dark. And I, I am sure that there are times where some of you are, are saying like, I just, I gotta get out of here. Like this is so oppressing, it's so heavy on me. And there are times where, where we need to do that, where God does lead us to move out of that, that kind of a space. But let's not be too quick to move out of that kind of space because Jesus has called us to be light in places too. And keep in mind that the darker a room is, the less light it takes to make a difference. And so whatever light you're bringing into that dark space, it may be that God has you right there for this reason that you can be a witness for for Christ right there. In, in that space, so don't be too quick to run away from that. Many of you are not like me in that most of the people that I work with are followers of, of Jesus already. Many of you are in situations where that's not the case, and so your workplace can become your, your mission field. Many of you have heard the term related to missions called the 1040 window. 
The 1040 window refers to parts of Africa, parts of Asia, parts of the Middle East that are the people are least reached for, for Christ. So that's the 1040 window. Dale Loesch is the president of Crossworld. It is a missions organization. He talks about the nine to five window. So instead of the 1040 window, it's the nine to five window. That's the time that, that you and I predominantly put time into our workplace. Dale says, says this, he says, lost humanity desperately needs godly engineers and baristas and electricians and web designers and business entrepreneurs and artists and mechanics and athletes to flood the marketplaces of the world with the skills they are best at so disciples of Jesus can be made wherever life happens. That's What's behind the idea of the nine to five window? It's an opportunity to be salt and light. If you're intrigued by that idea, you wanna read more about that, we've got these little pamphlets written by Dale Loesch. We got a limited number of these, but you can pick, these, pick one of these up at our Welcome Center as you're going out today just to, to get some more vision for what that could look like in your, your workplace. A couple of practical ideas are, and I've heard people talk about just the, the simple act of having a Bible, like if you, if you work in an office, just have a Bible on your shelf or on your desk. That can start a spiritual conversation with someone. And then think about how your conversations go, how your vocabulary is. We had uh, a missionary, Kevin King, from New York City in last year, and he talked about the idea that sometimes we, as Christ followers, have two different sets of vocabularies, one that we use when we're with our Christian friends, and then another that we use when we are at work. And I'm not, I'm not talking about saying bad words and stuff. I'm talking about the fact that when we're with our Christ-following friends, we'll talk about the fact that, yeah, I've been you know, really praying over this issue in my life, um, or, you know, I, I, I'm seeing God work in my life in such and such a way. And he said, oftentimes we censor all of that when we get with our non-believing friends because we think they're not gonna understand or they're gonna think we're weird, which they might. But he says, bring your, bring your vocabulary with you. Keep it consistent all the way around because that's a way to bring your faith with you to work. Talk about the things that you're praying about. Talk about the fact that you got together, uh, at, you, you went to church over, over the weekend. When, when they're going through, when you have a, a coworker that's going through a difficult life circumstance, tell them, I'm gonna be praying for you Maybe even depending on your relationship with them, ask them, how can I pray for you? Ways to bring your faith with you to work. The third line of our, our start the morning prayer goes like this. Open my eyes to opportunities to be salt and light. This is a way to, to start your work day with a different perspective, a way to bring your faith with you to work. There are opportunities, there can be opportunities, near and far in, in your workplace. One, one is what we've talked about. Near could be with your coworkers, where, wherever you, you work, as you interact with coworkers, with clients, with, with customers. Um, we've talked about this already. Do your work with excellence. I mean, we should be, we should be the hardest working, producing the, the best products. We don't want to give people any excuse to say, oh, wow, that not Christian, their, their words don't line up with their, their actions. So do our work with excellence and then pray for ways to incorporate your faith 
into your conversation. So that would be opportunities near. There are also, for some of us, are opportunities far, especially for those of you, I know this doesn't apply to everybody, those of you who travel in your work and travel internationally. Um, Larry Sharp is, is an author who's written a book called uh, Missions Disrupted. He, he says this, more than two-thirds of the world's population and that's over 4 billion people, lives in over 70 countries that no longer grant religious worker status, meaning that people cannot go in there as missionaries. Two-thirds of the countries in the world, 4 billion people. So the subtitle to his book is From Professional Missionaries to Missional Professionals. So he said missionaries, professional missionaries may not be able to get into these places, but guess who can get into those places? Professionals who are going there for, for business. And he actually, he gives an example of that. I want to read just a, a paragraph of this. Uh, he gives an example of a man named Tony, who is a lawyer, and he is working for justice, uh, both in the United States, but also in, in Asia. And so he does a lot of traveling. And the country that Tony visits most often prohibits proselytism. So, so people cannot try to convert others into the Christian faith. And most people fear the secret police there. But a foreigner like Tony can live out his Christian faith in all aspects of a typical day. So such a day for Tony includes formal class lectures and discussions that relate to his work, but also living in a hotel, eating breakfast while getting to know the local staff, interacting with the students, getting together after hours to play the guitar and teach English songs, going to the gym, and then having dinner with more students. Everywhere he taught law, English, and life lessons, and everywhere he made friends and encouraged people. So an opportunity that is there for, for some who are traveling that have an opportunity to do something that missionaries no longer can do. We also have opportunities as we engage in our Middle East focus in Lebanon. So several of you are signed up to go to Lebanon in November. Very excited about that trip. Please be praying for that. Lots of logistical details that need to come together for those eight people to, to be going on that trip. But we have that trip in November. We have another trip that is being planned after the first of the year. And one of the things that we're seeking to do in this Middle East focus is really to match as much as possible skills that you bring to the table with needs that they have in, in Lebanon. So kind of the, the traditional way or, or a common way that missions, mission trips, short-term trips have been done is that there's a project that needs to be done, often a building project of some kind where people are gonna go and maybe construction is your thing and maybe that's your skill, so that works really well for you, but for, for many of us, like me, you know, we're building challenged and stuff, so you're going and swinging a hammer or painting or whatever, not, not your primary skill set. What we're seeking to do, there'll still be some of that to do, but what we're seeking to do is do more and more of matching the skills that God has, has uh, exercised in your life through your workplace and take them there and match it up with needs. There are so many needs and so many areas there. So whether it's, it's teaching or it's bringing medical care or bringing business experience, 
Um, one, one of the new things that, that's gonna be happening more and more there is opportunities to invest in getting businesses started there in, in Lebanon. Their, their economy is in a terrible, terrible situation. So there are a number of things that they're contemplating getting started as businesses that will then become self-sustaining and they will need investors. One thing along those lines that's, that's happening, it's, it's ready to, it's in the works right now, is that they are creating, this is Horizons International, that we, one of our partners there in Lebanon, they're creating something called the Maker Space, which is a creative industrial production facility. Uh, they're gonna do woodworking, leatherworking, metalworking, and plastics. And, and here's what's, what's kind of cool about this is it's kind of, a, it's, it is a recycling process where they're taking garbage that they, they don't know what to do with. Uh, they're having a problem with that in Lebanon. They're taking garbage and then they're gonna make furniture and these useful products out of it. So it's gonna help solve the garbage problem. It's also gonna save the ministry horizons a lot of money and they may be able to even start selling those things to, to generate money. For them. So that is underway. They're looking for investors right now to help get the, the equipment that they need to get that off the ground if that's something that you're interested in or if, if you are interested in going on a future trip or just getting in the loop. Maybe you just want to get in the loop on what's happening on our Middle East Focus. You can email focus at gracepointpa.org and Denise Nichols will love to talk with you about any of those opportunities and more. What if we had a church that was full of people that saw our workplaces as a mission field? What if we had a church of people that brought our faith with us to work? Simple way to start doing that is to start your day differently than you may have been starting it, and that is with this prayer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a ritual. Just start your day with a ritual of calling God into it. And we'll put that full prayer here up on the screen one more time. So this week, when you go back to work, consider when you, you pull into your parking lot and you're ready to get out of your car, instead of just jumping out of your car, just pause for a moment and, and pray. Lord Jesus, I choose to serve you today as my boss. Help me to make choices that make you look good over and above me, over and above anybody else, and open my eyes to opportunities to be salt and light.